And just like that, it is week four. Time is flying, but this week we're going to welcome a new guest. It is the one and only Brendan Duke filling the big boots of Kevin Blake. Kevin, Brendan has decided to jet off to Thailand to sun himself. Now, with that Irish skin of his, I ain't that sure about him uh, sunning himself or tanning himself too much, but he says it's the first holiday he's taken in five years, the poor lad. So no pressure, Brendan, but uh, you're down today. Yes, no, no. Well, Kevin is uh, definitely an industry middleweight. Some would say industry heavyweight. I wouldn't go that far. But yes, (laughs) I don't. Actually, dermatologically speaking, someone told me once, I don't know if it was a dermatologist, that the Irish have blue skin, so we don't do well in the sun. So that's some sage advice from you for the Irish. So you're basically (laughs) vampires. Well, yeah, yeah. Just be careful with the with with, with the sun. Wear sunscreen. Wear sunscreen. <laughs> if, you take, if you take anything from this show, wear sunscreen. Exactly. That's what it's about. as a travel program. No, we're only joking. Daryl Carter, great to have you back once more. Of course, always look forward to hearing from you and we get your um, section of the week, etc. How have you been? How was your weekend? Yeah, terrific. Not too bad. Not too bad. Can be better punting wise, but uh, not too bad at all. Very, very excited to have the main man, Brendan Duke, on with us today. I'm looking forward to hearing what he's going to say about some particular horses that I fancy. See if he can calm me down a little bit. (laughs) <laughs> I love it. Yes, we're going to have a great time, aren't we? And loads to get stuck into. Um, you know, I don't want to be one of those sort of British people that go on and on about the weather, but we should mention it was testing conditions throughout, really. Um, loads of heavy ground, which, of course, does affect the times, performances, blah, blah, blah. But we will get stuck into that. So looking back at the week that was, we can kick straight into a Willie Mullins charge here called Chapeau du Soleil here, 16 to 1 from 25 to 1 for the Albert Bartlett, 14 from 25 to the Ballymore, and 20 to 1 first show for the Supreme. This is, of course, all on the Betfair Sportsbook. Wasn't the most expensive horse in the world, which is nice to see, a £50,000 euro purchase. You know, just a drop in the ocean. But reappearance last Thursday was at Clonmel, where he made all. Daryl, kick us off. Yeah, this was quite nice, actually. This was, uh, he was only 50 grand, but this was once a favourite for the champion bumper before he even set foot on a racetrack. So they obviously fought very highly of him. Um, he uh, ran at Fairy House, was beaten. They said that they could never quite get him back. Apparently, he lost a bit of weight after that race, could never get him back. He did run in the champion bumper and finished off quite strongly, having been hampered on turning for the home straight. So he does possess a bit of ability. This was quite good. Um, the first thing to know about this race that he ran in at Clonmel, obviously the conditions were absolutely dire, but this was a race where if you'd won any race, and obviously a bumper, you would have saddled a penalty. So it was really good placing for, for, for him. He, he obviously carried no weight on his back. Patrick made all the running on him. He was very good at some of his hurdles, very very sticky at a couple of others, particularly the, the last where he uh, looked like he could have come down. But yeah, he ran out a ready winner. He, he absolutely ploughed through these conditions and the rest were legless, as was a theory really across the entire weekend. But yeah, I, I, this was a nice performance. This is an Albert Bartlett type for me. I wouldn't even consider looking at him for something like the Supreme. Soft ground seems to be a preference, bit of a grabby action. But um, yeah, no, nice horse, nice start from him. He's only going to improve in that jumping department. He's clearly got a bit of an engine. So yeah, lots to like about that one. Yeah, and Brenda, we'll come to you on Chapeau de Soleil and also how you sort of assess him um, regarding, like, sort of, let's look at the Ballymore lineup. So Ballyburn, a dream to share, Stacey or Firefox. Like, how, how did you rate um, Chapeau de Soleil's performance? 
I mean, it was a, it was a good performance. I thought he jumped well in the main. A couple of mistakes, by, 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 but it's fine for a novice to be to, to be a bit novice. I mean, it wasn't much of a race. The second is moderate. The third is moderate. Uh, Chapeau de Soleil was beaten in two bumpers. Granted, one by Better Days Ahead, who's a smart sort, and the other in the Cheltenham bumper. Um, started off over two mile three here on desperate ground in Clonmel. You would lean towards him being an Albert Bartlett horse. I'd be surprised. I'd say he's more of a handicap project. I'd I'd be surprised if he lines up in any of the Grade One novices at Cheltenham. Like. It's hard, but I mean, I mean, I mean, it's an unexposed horse, so so I could be wrong, but I, I doubt he'd take high rank amongst the Mullins novices, never mind amongst the novices generally. Yeah, very, very fair point. But it was nice to hear Patrick's interview just saying that obviously they did hold this horse in high regard, and exactly like Daryl said, they thought he was a bit poorly and come out better in the summer. So it's kind of one of those horses that we might just eke out uh, a bit more improvement, but um. Moving on to our, our, our next horse, which is interesting here, Slade Steel, 10 to 1 from 25 to 1 for the Ballymore, 20 to 1 from 33 to 1 in the Supreme, and 16 to 1 from 33 to 1 in the Albert Bartlett. Hemorrhage Bromhead, of course, Rob Core, those colours, um, and Rachel Blackmore, which was cool because it gave um, Rach her sort of second winner for the Serial Winners Fund, which is currently at 110,000. So that's pretty cool. So um, I think, Brendan, let's stick with you um, for this one and give us your analysis on Slade Steel. Yeah, but, I mean, it did well. The horse did well to win, having been a touch keen early. Now, they, they didn't go much of a pace. Well, they went a sensible pace in the conditions, but uh, the, the, the horse probably wasn't seen to best effect in a slowly run race. And jumping was a bit sticky early. Again, maybe a factor uh, of how slow, slow they were going. So th- I thought it did well to win. I was... I was ultimately a bit disappointed with the race. I, I thought stellar story and better days ahead, weak finish, finishing efforts. The second is a, is a useful sort, ran well in the Cheltenham bumper, but no star. I, 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 again, I, 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 I see Slade still, given his, his slightly keen tendencies, as more of a Ballymore horse, but I wouldn't really see him as a Ballymore horse, if that makes any sense. It makes perfect sense. Okay, good. <laughs> Absolute perfect sense of my brain there. Um, Daryl, yeah, the, I mean, the the first two hurdles in the back straight were omitted. We had those great big sort of high winds. Um, but what do you make of the performance overall there for Say Seal? A bit similar to Brendan, really. I see Brendan's picked up Kevin Blake's uh, bucket of cold water and brought it with him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it'd be interesting to see what he's impressed with. But yeah, I'm very much similar. I like, like I thought he was value for a bit more than the winning margin. I thought he hit the front and, and just idled a little bit. Um, I'd put better days ahead up in the, for the Albert Bartlett last week at 33s. He's back out of 40s now. I was a bit disappointed with him, to be honest. He was well positioned. Like Brendan said, they only went an ordinary gallop. Um, yeah, it's it's hard. This this race actually clocked, the winner, Slade still clocked, a, or, or was given an RPR of 129, which is the lowest in the last 10 years of this race. So the lowest previous to that was 143. So it's quite some way off what we're used to expecting to see win that race. Like, it's got a really good role of honour as well. So, yeah, it's, um, I'm very much with Brendan. I think they'll stick to the Ballymore trip, the middle distances, but I don't see him as a Ballymore or as the Ballymore winner myself. So, yeah, nice enough horse. Probably plenty more to come from him, but we need to see it. Yeah, all fair enough. Very good um, comments analysis there. Well, we can move on to Love Envoire here. Eight to one, out to tens for the Mayor's Hurdle. So not 
a huge um, drift there, eight to one out to tens to one on the Betfair sports book. Of course, Harry Fry uh, sang down on on Saturday in the Fighting Fifth, which of course we lost at Newcastle due to the snow. It wasn't just frost; it was like proper snow. Um, biz- I mean, bizarre. I mean, not so sleepy. <laughs> Absolutely so quirky that horse. Um, gosh, the veteran. I mean, he's going to be like twelve, you know, come January. Um, yeah, a bit of a bit of a. You know, bizarre, didn't have Constitution Hill. Daryl, let's just stick with you for this on your analysis of love and war. Darn, a state of the two-mile British open grade one hurdlers behind Constitution Hill. How we rely on Constitution Hill to be a superstar when the rest are absolutely dross. We do. So people knocking Nicky Henderson and putting him out, I think uh, a little bit unjustified, really. Um, look, how how you wear it well and love Envoy, even against to to um get um geldings how these 140 rated mares are favorites for grade one races is is just beyond me really like love envoy she's she it was a very strange race she was outpaced early on i thought goshen and you wear it well just cut each other's throats from the start from the off thought it was ridiculous from both riders really uh in in those conditions she was completely outpaced. She's stuck on at the finish, obviously, um, looking like she wants to go back up to two and a half miles. This was clearly a prep run. But the thing with Love Envoy is I think a lot of people have made the mistake that she's got a good record fresh because she's got two ones by her name. Now, last year, she scraped home in a handicap of 137, beating Playful Saint at Sandown. It was a dreadful time last year. It was a clearly a, a, a horse running that is, is blowing up and needs the run. The year before was a was a run of the mill contest. So to say that she's got a good record first time out, I think was a bit um, a bit hasty from people. So I expect her to come on for the run. So the push out from eights to tens, I think is, you know, if you like her, I think that's a big positive really because she will come on for the run. Mm. But look, she's a two and a half mile horse. When she uh, ran behind Honeysuckle in the mare's hurdle last year, she very much dictated the race from the off. She was well positioned. So tactically, she's quite astute. But Look, this is like not so sleepy. I thought like people are saying like he had no chance of winning. He did dead heat with Epiton at Newcastle, you know, a couple of years ago. Like he had every right to win this. Really, I, I fancied Goshen for the race. Jesus Christ, I'll never back that beast ever again. Uh, this was if he was ever going to win a Grade One, it would have been here. But in terms of Love Envoy, I thought the push out to ten to one was a bit was a bit uh, unnecessary. Really, I thought she ran well enough for a seasonal return. Yeah, she did, and and I think like you say, she just wasn't able to dominate and and Brenda will come to you but like she was quite guessy at the first fence I thought she kind of looked all a bit discombobulated and and then she sort of absolutely ballooned over the second but she Mm. did start to pick up the pieces towards the end of the race it was almost like she was in a bit of a mood well, the, it, 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 indeed, that mares are funny, but they won't make you laugh. Uh, that that, that <laughs> race you described it, you described it as as bizarre, and it, it indeed it was the eleven year old pick, pick picking up the pieces. Um, for the for for the mares hurdle, I mean, Love Envoy was coming on the uh, in on the back of an abysmal effort in Punchestown. Reach for the first, as as you say, it wasn't great at the second either. I mean, I suppose you could take a a positive and say that she did stick in like I thought she was going to pull up at one stage mm. uh, and, and, and she didn't do that but that's two kind of questionable efforts in a row and I just kind of wondered she, 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 she's, been, she's been a proper stick but when mares to turn moody I'd be 
I'd, I'd be reluctant to, to to be back in her again. And I mean, I mean, you wear it well. I mean, she's another one. I thought she was going to pull up at halfway as well, and then sort of half got back into it uh, before fall, falling back in the straight. Uh, she she she's been a model of consistency that mare. But again, that was a puzzling effort. Um, so so I'd have my concerns, but it maybe not uh, as many concerns as I'd have over Love on Bois. Um, yeah, just a, a, a very strange race, and um, we, we, we'll have to see what becomes of both of them. Yeah, we will. And you wear it well, 14 to 1, out 20 to 1, mm. the mayor's hurdle on the Betfair Sports book. Darrell, she, um, yeah, she, she couldn't dominate, could she? I mean, she wasn't disgraced, to be fair, but what did you make of you wear it well's performance, Darrell? Well, I just thought it was, I, I mean, I don't like knocking jockeys, really. Uh, I do it too often to say that, actually. But um, like, I just thought it was a, sh- a strange battle that they, her and Goshen wanted to yeah. get into from the off. And look, she didn't need to, she doesn't need to dominate. I don't know where that sort of come from, because when she ran in the cello, she came from a mile off the pace to, to chase home Hermes Allen. And she actually had clocked that day. She clocked the same circuit time as Hermes Allen did. So she was unfavoured by her position in the shallow hurdle, but wouldn't say it seemed to me that she needs to go and dominate a race. So I don't know why they wanted to try and take on. Goshen's relentless. Like if, if he's going, if, if, if Noel Houlihan's going for the lead and he was, you could see he kept fighting her, kept fighting her for the lead. One of them has just got to just, just to sit off, like not so sleepy, benefited massively for the, for them yeah. two doing that by his racing position. So, yeah, it's strange. Um, better rides would have seen a, a different outcome of the race. Well, maybe not a different outcome in terms of the winner, but perhaps how we're describing the runs of the two mares. I think so. Yeah, no, you made a fair point there actually with you where it well because absolutely quite right. She doesn't have to dominate, and why put her in that situation where it changed the complexity of the race. Who knows, hey? Um, <laughs> next horse we're going to have a little chat about is Le Patron, or Le Patron, Le Patron. 50 to 1 for the Arkle, Gary Moore. I'm just um, I'm just worried where it leaves us Brits, really. I mean, yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I mean? Like, it's a five-year-old and, you know, won the Henry VIII Novice Chase, grade one. Wasn't always that fluent. Daryl just, just, don't know. Yeah, help yeah. us. Yeah, I, I, like, I, I can't get excited. I don't want to say. Yeah, no, no, me either. Like uh, fifty to one for for our Grade One, which is typically a, a, a good point into the arc over the years for British for British novices. Fifth, stuck in at fifty to one, like it just goes to show how far behind we we really are. Look, this is a nice horse, good for David Noonan to get his first Grade Run, Grade One. Um, but was one hundred and thirty three rated before this race. I think the first three had won their only previous starts in in handicaps. It's uh yeah, look, he's a nice enough horse, bit like Ahmad, who they won it with a few years ago, bit of a sort of a head case, I guess, off the front. Catch me if you can. Maybe those tactics will work well if they go to the uh, if they go to the arc or he, he puts a different spin on things, I guess. But look, I think you know, Fasal Vega for me is is the one he's got to go and beat. And would I think he'd get within fifteen lengths of him? No, not really. If if they came up against each other, I, I thought the eye catcher was Colonel Harry in, in second. The way he finished from the back of the last was mm. was really nice. I think he improved throughout the race. I think if they could, uh, if I think if they meet again, maybe they would re- he would reverse the form. So, yeah, I'm not overexcited about La Patron. Yeah, and yeah. and Brendan, we have sort of touched on the point. It wasn't the most brilliant edition um, of the race, but the Patron three from three of offenders is clearly a better chaser than a hurdler. So, what do you well, mean? yeah. 
Yeah, well, he was 116 over hurdles. I think his, his, new, his new figure is 150, which might, might be a, a tad inflated, but I think we can definitely say he's a, he's, he's a better chaser. Uh, Gary Moore won't, won't be um, heartbroken about you pouring, pouring cold water on his chances for Cheltenham because I, I get the sense that he's probably not even going to go to Cheltenham, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But grade one, great to pick it up. I... Uh, would probably say that the eye catcher in the race was JPR one again struck by his jumping as I was in Cheltenham. It just crumpled and he didn't make a mistake in Cheltenham. He just crumpled on landing such an unfortunate ball. And the mistake at the second last was similar. He just came down steep and he hasn't quite worked out how to get his landing gear out. I also think the heavy ground may have blunted his speed a little bit. I would be surprised if he doesn't turn out to be the best two mile novice chaser in Britain. But that's not going to be much use when the Irish come over. <laughs> Thanks for that massive dose of reality that we've all been we've all been hoping for on a miserable, gloomy day in Blighty when Daryl and I are really trying to. Uh... <laughs> hey, I've got one horse that we can get excited about, but I don't think it's going to go to Cheltenham, and it is Paul Nichols's gorgeous three-year-old Liari, and it is gorgeous. Ah. I mean, Paul's quote is, Liari's a gorgeous horse. He'll have an entry in the Triumph, but there are plenty of other races in the spring. Back here might suit him. So that's kind of looking at the big four-year-old race, isn't it, at Inktree? And I know then Harry Coppner said he's a proper horse and Paul wants to look after him, which means that he's going to have a relatively light campaign. Quite right, because he's, he's so young. I get it. Does look a proper horse, so currently 16-1 to 1 for the Triumph on the Betfair Sportsbook. Daryl, did he light your fire, Liari? No, no, not at all, no. really. No, I thought he, he travelled well off a sl very, very slow pace, um, was beating nothing really of note. Um, I thought there was nothing really of substance to get excited about. It was 28 lengths slower than the novice hurdle winner, Norman Fletcher, Norman Fletcher on the card, which just eased my enthusiasm a bit. The vision impression was there, but there was nothing of substance in the form or the, or the, or the speed figure to get excited about. But look, Young horse improving clearly has uh, a bit about a bit of size and scope. Um, you know, it's going to improve, but on the basis of this, he'd have to show me something a lot more to be excited about him. Yeah, well, maybe like you say, just look a bit weak still. I reckon. I don't yeah, know. Maybe I've got Kev's bucket of water this week. <laughs> I think you have because I've got a bit of fire in this one. I, I just physically and like the looks of Liari, I like very much because I think there's so much more work to come mm. on this horse and behind still looks a bit weak, very very young. I'm quite excited, Brendan. Do you share my optimism? I absolutely do. Have you seen him in the flesh, Nat? He's massive. All oh, right. Okay. No. No. He he looked he looked a big unit on on telly, but it it can, it can be hard to tell yeah. on, on 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 the television. Uh, no, I was I was impressed. I, I I thought the jumping particularly was pinpoint accurate. I mean, I I very much take Darren's point about the form. And Max of Stars doesn't seem to have backed up from Newbury. Max of Stars would have been a very useful yardstick because it's tied in with Wudu and a lot of uh, the the better juvenile hurdlers we've seen out in, in Ireland. So that that that, that was a unfortunate i i heard nichols comments on the ditch he diary that he's got thinking about adonis and aintree so anti-post punters should be conscious of that there's a yeah. very big if about him going to aintree but um I'm, I'm i'm glad to see that he or to hear should i say that he is as physically scopey as he as he looks on the television and i think the horse has a bright future yeah he is he's just still a bit like 
you know, a bit front end at the moment where just back end has just got all that lovely, more muscle to come in, you know, but the front end's kind of all there and a lot of presence about him. Let me ask you this, though, Nash. Now, I heard Nichols talking and he said the ground wouldn't have suited him in entry, but he's by Cracksman out of a motivator mare and he's plenty of knee actually look like a soft ground horse to me. Now, who am I to question Paul Nichols? But would you have any concerns about him on better ground? Not concerns as such, but couldn't agree with you more with a slightly rolling knee. And and again, because I think aesthetically, because he is so big, he sort of looks like he ate up the ground a bit. And like, so it didn't look a problem to me, the ground. It didn't. I, I no. thought he looked fine on it. Yeah, do you yeah. not, do you guys not think that we need some substance before we can get excited though, about about? Oh yeah, but on a day like this, Daryl, we may as well, you know, reach for the moon and just hit a few stars on the way down. <laughs> like, like at least I love this it. one. At least this one looks like it could be exciting. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm, uh, I'm, there's been plenty, plenty of horses that look like they're quite good. <laughs> yeah, but at least, at least. You know, we can just... There's, you can hope, yeah. You can hope with that nice juvenile. But, you're sure. abso- but being real, you're absolutely right, Daryl. You're absolutely right. On substance, you are not going to argue that. You're totally right. And that's the reality of it, isn't it? <sighs> um, Come on. Let's keep the motivation here because we're going to have a little look at John Bond. Unchanged, 5-2, to two, champion chase. Tingle Creek winner, Daryl, take it away. Yeah, look, he's a he's he's a fabulous horse, John Bond. He really is. Like, there's there's nothing this side of the water that could really touch him. To be honest, like he he's very very good. He's en- he's got a good engine. He's good at his fences when he needs to be. He's very clever at times. Last year, now the one thing I will say is that this this big notion that everybody's putting building up this champion chase to be this impressive two horse match again a rematch from the arc or like oh my god like, I, is there is there even a comparison between the two really like he was very much put in his place last year in the arc but when when he met El Fabiolo and there's nothing in his two runs this season that's made me suggest he's a better horse than he was last year like he's beaten Nube Negra trot twice who looks completely gone at the game really Edward Stone's got closer to him this time around at Sandown than he did when he perhaps needed his reappearance in the Schler chase. And then you, you've got Haddix de Zobo, who's a very good horse in his own right, but is admittedly by his jockey, Jamie Moore, and, and his connections have said that he's a weak finisher. He's been beaten four lengths. <clears throat> so I don't see where he's where he's improved this year in two runs to be able to make those five lengths up with El Fabiolo from last year, should El Fabiolo continue his improvement. So I would ask the John Bond fans out there, how does he beat El Fabiolo when, you know, jumping was his main asset last year and everybody was hoping that El Fabiolo would make a mistake because he wasn't as good of a jumper. And we'll come on to El Fabiolo in a minute. But I thought John Bond was a bit more sticky at his fences this time. And now that may have been down to the ground. It was the, it was the slowest ground he had, he had run on. That's very fair. He's got the job done. Maybe it was a case to just get the job done and we'll see a better John Bond on spring ground. And I think on this evidence, you would have to hope that would be the case if, if he's going to make those five and a half widening lengths up against El Fabiola from the Arkle. But for me, I think there's nothing in the form book that suggests that John Bond has improved from last year. And maybe there won't be. Maybe there's nothing good enough to suggest that John Bond, that will show John Bond's improvement. But... If they meet in the Clarence House, which is a, a distinct possibility, and El Fabiolo beats him again, does he go champion chase? Does, would he go to the Ryan? I, I mean, it's open for debate, obviously. But 
for me, I like John Bon a lot. Like I like him more this year than I did last year, but the, I work on facts, figures, and substance, and there is nothing that suggests that he's a better horse this time around than he was last year. And I mean, Brendan could completely disagree with me here. I think I think the problem is that he can only beat what's in front of him. I agree, but the way he's beating them is not as impressive as as I would like it to be. I thought when he came home in the Schiller chase at Cheltenham, I thought he was really tiring up the hill. Mm. I thought he was tiring again, and in total two, of course, given the ground conditions, but tiring again here. There's four lengths covering himself, Haddix Desovo and Edward Stone. And you've got to remember Edward Stone made that serious mistake at the first of the railway fences. Probably the worst time to make a mistake at Sandown, given you've Absolutely. got to get back in a couple of strides and hit another two fences. So that would have took a good bit out of Edward Stone. He's only been beating a couple of lengths there. So for me, I, I, I just don't know. I, I, I totally get your point. He can only beat what, he, what what he's put in front of him. And there's not a lot to put in front of him, really, is there? But again, I still just don't see where he's going to bridge that gap because last year relied so much on the fact that he was a much better jumper than El Fabiolo was. He didn't have the engine to match El Fabiolo. And El Fabiolo's jumping is something that can be improved. I just don't see where John Bond's improvement's coming from. Yeah, and you're right, like the whole point of the railway fences is rhythm, rhythm, rhythm. So if you mm. make a mistake at the first, that that's that's like the worst point you can make it. And you touched upon loads of points here because Michael Walker, one of our listeners, said, you know, could you see John Bond going to the Ryanair if beaten by El Fabiola and the Clarence? But we need to wait for that. That's the thing. So we, you know, always sometimes, and again, you you hit every point. Nico and, and uh, Nikki have said the ground was too sticky for him. He's a big, flashy mover, and that ground doesn't show him to his best effect. Brendan, what else have you got to, to add to this? Because, like, it's hard. I mean, if you're looking at cars at the moment, John Bond's a V6 and El Fabiolo's a V8 um, mm. with a bit of a, a bit of sort of uh, not what's that oxide stuff in, you know, that um, cool <laughs> car movie, and they put that NOS in and they go, <laughs> is it NOS? Yes. Yeah, but NOS, okay, okay, I'm not familiar with NOS, I have to say, but uh, I, I, I will educate myself. I, I, I thought John, John Bond was fine. I, I, I was particularly impressed with his uh, jumping at the railway fences. He, he was shaking up, turning for home, perhaps, perhaps uh, his wheels were spinning a little bit in the ground. I also thought maybe he was keeping a little bit to himself. He was pricking his ears all the way up the straight, as indeed he, he was in Cheltenham, so he just might be getting a bit clever in his old age. As... Daryl and indeed the, the market suggests that it, it would be tough for him to beat El Fabiolo. I mean, uh, they've met twice. El Fabiolo was probably unlucky not to beat him in entry and put him in his place in Cheltenham last year. I would just make the point that John Bond was a bit sticky in Cheltenham. It's probably one of the worst rounds of jumping I've, I've seen him put in, whereas El Fabiolo was foot, was foot perfect. So I do think John Bond's jumping can improve if they met again in Cheltenham. Whether it's enough to make up five lengths, I don't know, because again, as Daryl says, El Fabiolo is the less experienced horse, so arguably has more scope than, than, than John Bond. But yeah, no, I, 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 was, ha I was happy enough with, with John Bond. I'm delighted for connections as well, because he actually recouped his purchase price there at the weekend. So it's all yes. proper from here, baby. Yeah, yeah, really, <laughs> really good, really good point. I think it's it seems sensible, though, to talk about El Fabiolo next. Do you know what I mean? Because like we're on this topic and it's a huge topic. And you could argue, Darren, you could say that John Bond, because actually he did, he didn't make that many mistakes at all. El Fabiolo was a bit funny at some of his fences, but we know from, of course, the post-racing interview that 
um, Alpha Billy was just a wee bit keen. You could see it, couldn't you, in the early stage? You know, he snatched down to put his head down. He was yeah. grabbing at the bit a bit. And he was he was a wee bit fresh, wasn't he? But he, he got better and better. He did, definitely. And a lot of willies have been coming on for the run. And it's very difficult to distinguish between those that have needed the run and those that haven't or uh, and have just put in poor performances or have not turned up, really. But this lad does turn up every single time. He was giving away lumps of weight. Uh, Phil Dore obviously had been behind Dino Blue the time before, but he was getting stacks of weight. Maxada was dropping back to two miles. Um, I thought he had actually, I thought bar one or two, uh, particularly the last where he made a, a bad error, I thought he was actually jumping beautifully. I thought he, I what when I was watching him last season, it might have been because I, I, I fancied him so strongly for the Arkle, but I was watching him last season and I was like, every fence, I was like, I was, I was jumping it with him. I was like, get over, just get over. Like, and this time around, <clears throat> I thought he was, I thought he was very assured. Really, I didn't think for one minute that he was going to come down at, at any fence or, or make a mistake. But I think the thing with him is, is that sizable engine that he has. He's got the ability to be able to hit a fence fairly hard and come back on the bridle in a two or three strides time. Now, there's only so many times you can do that, obviously, but this lad can do it more more than uh, you know the average horse, and that marks him down as a very very smart type. And this was a, a good reappearance. This would have knocked the stuffing out of him. Um, yeah, very happy with this first start open, in an open graded company. Um, look, he's obviously beaten horses. So let's say Phil Dory's rated 150. He's given him 10 pounds. So essentially he's beaten 160 horse there, but quite comfortably. You know, you could argue, arguably say that John Bond's beaten Edward Stone. He's rated higher. Therefore, John Bond's performance was probably a bit better. But I liked the, I liked what I liked what I saw from El Fabiola. I think he's going to have a very promising season. A young horse, plenty of improvement to come. Yeah, and 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 Brendan, you know, he, the, the second last he flew over it, and the last when he was sticky, he he is very good at gathering himself up, kicking that V eight into gear, and just purring mm. like a pussycat. And he can just he finds it so easy. Clearly, that's a I I think that that's a, 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 a exactly the word I, I would use. He does he 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 just has skills uh, that that others don't have. I mean, even. I, he's inclined to throw himself at fences. I mean, I, I, you referenced the mistake he made at the second and the mistake he made at the last when he was just getting in close and, and didn't get high enough. He has that in him, while as Daryl says, never looked like falling because he's so strong and everything's so easy. But I'm kind of struck by the fact that he's inclined to just come out of Paul's hands every so often, but he's so much scope. He, 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 he gets to the other side and just uh, snaps back onto the bridle. Ah, yeah, no, no. I mean, he, he, he's a proper horse. He, he's even money for the, for the champion chase. He, he only really realistically has one horse to beat. Um, he, he, he's, he's very hard to fault. It's just every, almost every run, including the run at the weekend, bar the champion chase, he has had those mistakes in him. But uh, sorry, bar the Arkham, should I say? He has had had that, those mistakes in him, but he managed to be managed to be foot perfect in the Arkham. Does so? Would will he be his foot perfect again in the Champion Chase? I mean, if he is, he'll win. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, it's 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 pretty exciting, and it's great that we've got these sort of young pretender superstars to look forward to. Um, coming off our high a little bit. Oh, this sounds really mean now, doesn't it? On El Fabio, <laughs> we're going into a horse called Harsh, and I'm being really harsh because I'm like going, Oh, we've gone from here to here. I don't mean like that, but Harsh is 33 to 1 for the triumph. That's the first show. Joseph buying this three year old, um, Sunday at Cork and three year old Maiden Hurdle, two mile one. Didn't always jump with a load of fluency, but I imagine, Daryl, this is the type of horse that just kind of 
absolutely open to improvement. Who knows? Yeah, know? yeah, yeah, definitely. Same as your Liari, uh, open to improvement. These uh, young horses, they're just going to get better and better over each run. Um, look, he won as his odds suggested he would. He was very much entitled to win this. I think he was saying like 20 or 30 pounds clear on flat ratings with the second, third and fourth who were making their hurdles debut. He ran behind Mighty Bandit the time before and Mighty Bandit absolutely spanked him. So, like, a good form boost for those that like Mighty Bandit out there. But, um, yeah, nice horse. Nice horse in his own right is harsh. Yeah. Brendan? Yeah, no, I mean, that was a boat race on, on Sunday. And interestingly, the, 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 the horse was two to five. SP, but traded odds against him. The run so bad was the jumping early. I mean, will definitely have to brush up on his jumping. And I would have a nagging concern about the fact that he didn't look the most resolute on the flat. So uh, the harsh wouldn't be for me. Okay. And Brenda, can we just stick with you for a line on Search for Glory, who's got 20 to 1 for the first show for the Albert Bartlett? Yeah, so it improved for the step up and trip from uh, two two and a half miles to uh, the three miles, having been put in his place by Croke Park on on previous start. Uh, good good performance here. Beat a progressive sort of uh, end of Bulger's progressive now, but limited. Uh, race kind of fell asunder with Man's Way uh, running an, an abysmal race. I'd say I'd say it's moderate form. Okay, and and Daryl, yeah, yeah, searching not... for glory. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'd agree. Um, uh, cheek pieces obviously went on as well. That seemed to help him. Um, do you do you make much of that uh, Marin's way, do you, Brendan? I, I think he looks like a slow old boat. Well, uh, I I mean, it was hard to know to know what to make of him, but I was I was certainly expecting a better performance on on, mm. on the back of the debut than for it to fall out the back of the television. Uh, I'd yeah. be surprised. I'd be surprised if it isn't better better than that performance. Although it was post race normal post race, so yeah, he was very weak in the market as well. I think, wasn't he? Uh, well, it still went off pretty clear second five, did it? Possibly. <laughs> That's when we need to put like a little tumbleweed um, <laughs> moment in. Did well, he? Done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Silent Approach then is the last horse we're going to talk about in the section the week that was. Has halved. So 50 to 1 into 20 to 5, um, 25 to 1. Halved in price with the Mayor's Chase. Silent Approach on the Betfair Sportsbook. Daryl, any strong opinion on Silent Approach? No, not really. I thought... Um... Uh, well, the first thing to notice is the remarkable improvement, really, from sort of the hurdle rating of 109 to go and run, run out and win this. Um, beating Harmonia Maker, who's rated 130 something to five, so big step forward. Had the race to herself, pretty good performance. Um, pinged from fence to fence. The disappointment was obviously Zenta in the race, um, who just looked quite good for three quarters of the race and then just didn't find much at all. Um, yeah, no, no bit, no strong opinion, really, Nat. Um, I like to see her again. I don't. I don't not quite believing that race. I wonder if that race was run again. Would she? Uh, would she still win it? Just because I think horses behind underperformed as opposed to her taking that big step up. But yeah, Brendan, are you the same opinion? Well, I mean, it's easy to say after a horse wins a thirty-three to one that it was a fluke, but I'm going to take the easy way out and and say that it was a fluke. In in, in fact, she she's clearly improved for fences. I mean, this is uh, La Patron all over again. She was running around every gaff track in Ireland trying to win a mare's maiden hurdle and couldn't manage it. Uh, but this was, I mean, this was a strange race. Harmonia Maker has never really shown any tendencies to 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 go left in the in the past. She's predominant. Uh, 
basically exclusively run run right-handed, but she really took a dislike to Cork for some reason. She was off the track and had a couple of fences, centers jumping, got progressively worse as, as the race went on. I mean, brilliant for uh, small connections to, to pick up a grade two like, like this. And maybe like Le Patron, she is just going to improve three stone uh, uh, for, for, for jumping fences, but but I'd want to see it again. My, my takeout from the race was probably a lesson for all trainers out there. If you if you want to buy good value horses, buy them out of Ollie Murphy's yard. <laughs> I love it. Top tip. Uh, well, we can move on to our anti-post preview. We're going to look at the Brown Advisory Novices Chase this week. Um, loads to get stuck into, so I will be as quiet as I can and let you two really get stuck into this. So I'll just give the overall sort of market at the moment on the Betfair Sportsbook. Stay away, Faye at 5-1, to one, Gaelic Warrior 8-1, to one, Corbett's Cross at 10-1. to one. That was Kevin Blake's performance um, of the week, I think, last week. Um, we've got um, Giovinke, the Lucinda Russell Horse at 12-1, t- to one, Hermes Allen at 12s, Indiana Dream at 12-1. to one. And we sort to go 14-1 to one bar then on the Bet Best Sportsbook anti-post market. Um, Daryl, do you want to kick us off with this then for the Brown Advisory? Yeah, well, we must start at the top of the market. Stay away, Faye, uh, winning at the weekend at Sandown. Um, in good style, really good attitude this horse has. He's just a real grinder, a real battler. And, you know, he'd uh, stay six miles if you asked him to, I, I think he's... He's like that. Um, I don't think that Harry Cobden would have wanted to make all of his own running, really. Um, They went a slow gallop. They were 6.69 seconds behind the handicap won by Animal once reaching the pond fence. Um, But, you know, we're 14 lengths quicker coming from the third last to the line. But it wasn't a turn of foot that won it. It was more of a steadily gradual build of pace. Uh, so he's, you know, he sees the trip out exceptionally well. I, I like him. I want to be very positive about him. I don't want to give him no, no knocks really yet. But I do just worry about the old course for him. Um, so when you're looking at a favourite at the top of the market, you're always trying to pick holes in. And I just worry about the old course where it's got a sharp turn into the home straight and then two fences. Will he be quick enough to be matching the pace of maybe one or two others as they swing into the home straight on the old course. If this was on the new course, like the Gold Cup is next year for him, I'd be much more in his camp than, than I currently am. For that reason, I want to look away from him for, for this race. I, like, I quite like Floor and Porter. Never as a horse been so easy to forgive a performance as it was the last day when he was going right-handed. And for me... He's a very rare free miler where he's got that speed, that turn of pace. This race tends to favour horses on the front end of the race, and uh, he's definitely going to be there. So the fact that he's already been round the course is a big positive. I would be in his camp very much so, but I know Brendan does like the favourite. So okay, I so yeah, quarter around sixteen to one. Of course, like like Daryl said, that hanging. I mean, it was extraordinary the last time we saw him. You just got to line, got to go through it. Brendan, how do you surmise for us then so far the Brown Advisory? Um, well, I think Stay Away Faye is a is a worthy fav um, with, with the Cheltenham Festival form and being uh, such a good jumper. There's there's lots of interesting horses out there for the race. Classical Dream, 
was very impressive on on Chase debut. I mean, he's a horse who's probably best fresh and he does have a slightly worrying injury profile, but uh, it certainly couldn't have jumped better on 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 debut. Florian Porter, another horse with festival form. There's there's loads of of contenders. Um, if I was looking at the race from an anti-post perspective at the moment, I would actually go with the strategy of dutching three horses. So I mean, come on and tip tip three horses, but it works out about eight to one the three horses. So right. so I think that's right. that's fine. Uh, the the first one would be the changing man. Uh, who were unfortunately departed at the first of the railway fences behind Stay Away uh, last Friday, but had put up an exhibition of jumping before that. Uh, as, as indeed he had jumped particularly well uh, behind Stay Away Fay in um, <clears throat> Exeter. But uh, the, the the thing about this horse is he, was, he improved two stone over hurdles last season. Now he only got up to a mark of 132, so that's a long way off winning a Brian Brown advisory over fence. But I saw him in the ring in Exeter, huge big scope he scored. No surprise that he's better over fences. And um, whilst he's already been beaten by Stay Away Faye, 50 to 1. So he's 10 times the price. And I think he does have some scope to shorten, given that Nichols was on that Ditch Heat Diaries this morning, say, talking about a 75 grand race for Stay Away Faye and Warwick. He's always got one eye on the prize money, doesn't he? He just loves being champion <laughs> trader. Nothing wrong with that. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. So the Reynolds Town is, is a race that the Tizards have a great record in. They've won a three of the last five years. So I could see the changing man rocking up in the Reynolds Town, running a big race, if, if, if not winning the race, and certainly shortening for the Brown Advisory. So 50 to 1 is a price. The other one I'm interested in is Grange Clare West. That's 14 to 1. That one, a novice uh, beginner's chase, should I say, in, in, in Nace, where Corbett's Cross was in behind. Now, Corbett's Cross jumped like a snooker table that day, so you probably should and take the form literally but Grange Clare West I mean this is we, we, we were talking about specimens in terms of Lahari this is this is a proper specimen this horse so he cost a king's ransom out of a out of a point to point but you could see where the money went he's like Andrex he's long and strong didn't work out from over hurdles he made an impressive debut in in, in, in Navan and then uh, went to Leopardstown for that lacy race over two miles six uh, dis- disappointed just too keen over hurdles now he's a little bit fizzy and nice uh, when when he won that uh, beginner's ch- beginner's chase, but he does seem to be settling down a bit with age. He's still a rel- well, he's still an inexperienced horse. Full full stop. Jumped particularly well. <coughs> excuse me, in 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 Nace. And uh, the thing about him is now he's never gone over three miles in his brief career, and he's in that that Faheen chase in in Limerick over two and a half miles at Christmas. But they have Gaelic Warrior for that, so I'd be surprised if he takes up that engagement. Much more likely to take up his other entry in the Neville's chase over three miles in Leopardstown. Were to go and win that, certainly not impossible. He wouldn't be 14 to 1 anymore for the Brown Advisory. And finally, I'm conscious I'm rabbiting on, but I had to include my equine crush, Monty Starr, who's another beautiful horse to, to, to look at. Uh, very inexperienced. He only had four uh, starts under under rules. The Albert Bartlett was all a bit much from last year, but highly encouraging comeback behind Corbett's Cross in Fairy House. Corbett's Cross jumped much better uh, in Fairy House. I'd say it's prop, proper form, three-card brag back in second, and Nick Rocket and fourth. Monty Starr jumped like a book, as you would expect for an alumnus of the HDB yard. The two fences they took out wouldn't have helped, and the two-mile five would have been a minimum trip for him. Lots of, lots of positives for this horse. He's also in that Neville's chase at Christmas, and I wouldn't be surprised if the HDB took a chance and put him in it. He could run a huge race there, in which case he wouldn't be the colour of 33-1 to 1 for the Brown Advisory.
Can we have um, a Brendan Duke notebook on one-liners? Jump like a snooker table and like Andrex long and strong. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. yes. Yeah. I thought we needed to give him a round of applause for that. That was absolute yeah. top class. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm going to tip up three horses in a race anymore. It's very taxing on the vocal cords. <laughs> Absolutely spectacular. Thank you very much, um, Daryl. I think that your sectional performance of the week surely comes under Brown Advisory umbrella. No. Yes, it, it it does. But as Brendan's just mentioned there so expertly, how deep this race actually is. And I don't think he'll go for this race. I'll be hopefully he'd be going for the Turners. But that horse is Indiana Dream, who I was absolutely blown away by um, at winning at the weekend at Navan. Now, it was dire conditions there, but he showed plenty of speed. Everything else in it, in behind him were absolute battered sausages. They were completely legless at the finish. He's barely come out of second gear to win this. He's shown a very, very high cruising speed despite a bad mistake at the fourth, which probably would have ended a lesser horse's chance and certainly not been allowing a lesser horse to finish the way that this horse did. Now, the the Racing Post times, um, the official times, they've been somewhat off for the last few weeks and it's a bit strange because it he it, they say that he was four seconds slower than embittered which wasn't the case when i timed it now that embittered won a 0 to 150 handicap on the card off a mark of 137 by nine lengths and this horse indiana dream clocked a very similar almost identical circuit time to him if not a shade faster was very much quicker between four and three out and then coasted home from three out to the line on the bridle and carried 20 pounds more on his back. And it was a remarkable performance on the figures. Now, you could knock the form and say St. Felician, who's rated 147 over hurdles, perhaps didn't stay the two and a half miles. He was absolutely legless, that horse. Um, you could say Hidden Valley Lake, perhaps, um, would have found more before unseated at three out, but I thought he was very much held at the time. So you can give the form a few knocks, but the clock would tell you, and the comparisons to the, the embittered race would tell you that this is a proper, proper horse now. Um, he is 10 to 1 for the Turners, 12 to 1 in here for the Brown Advisory. He's bred to go up to three miles, so I can, you know, you could, he could go to any race really. But when you come across a horse that you get excited about and you scramble for the TV remote to try and turn on TV to find the after race interview, you know it's worth getting excited about. And this is the type of horse that I look at and think, well, this could win the Turners, this could win the Brown Advisory. Jesus, he could win the National Hunt Chase, which is more than unlikely for him to go there. But He's that type of horse for me on this performance that could win anything he puts his mind to. He's only raced three times on a, on a racetrack. He won his maiden hurdle back in January by 15 lengths over Envie, who's now rated 132. Um, that form has worked out fairly well. Third's rated 125. Now, he had a small setback in January, wasn't seen for the remainder of the season. So there's a lot of people saying, well, he's been off a year and he's very fragile, this, that and the other. It was only a small setback, and you've got to remember he would have been off for seven months anyway during the off season. So, um, Woody only picked him up in December, made his made his hurdle debut in, in in January. But this is a horse I think to get very much excited about the way he's hit that line coming up Navin up the Navin Hill. I just was so impressed with him. Everything makes sense for this to be a really really smart horse, and I'm in danger of getting very very much overexcited. Uh, and um, Brendan, if you can pour some cold water on it, not too much, but a little bit. <laughs> To keep me calm, they'd be grateful. 
No, because well, you don't, Daryl Brendan, Daryl won't put up a sectional performance if he doesn't have one. Like if, he, if he's not blown away. So Daryl, to see the twinkle in both your oh. eyes, your little face lit up. And that's that's what we want. We want a bit of passion. Yeah, and we're just, just to say as well, sorry, Nat, that Willie Mullins did put this lad in his stable tour as the dark horse. Oh, dear. So, you know, you know, obviously think something of him. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Which is a bit a big shout from the maestro who's got so much ammunition. Brendan, your thoughts on Daryl's um sparkling sectional performance of the week. And then, Brendan, go straight into your performance of the week for us, please. Right. Oh, uh, well, you know, normally two tribes go to war, but I think you're going to like this, uh, Nat, because this is uh, two tribes having a love in because Daryl's obviously coming at it from the sectionalista's point of view. But you, like me, are a slave to the aesthetic. And this <laughs> is this is a very impressive specimen. He's, I mean, he's all of 17, 17 hands. Uh, he was he was walking around the parade ring, and it was it was particularly windy that day. There were things blowing across the parade ring. He was looking at everything. I mean, as he's he's entitled to be green. It was only the 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 third start of of, of his life. He nearly stopped at the second fence, and then made that mistake at the fourth. But it, again. Everything seemed to, to to come very easy for, for him. There is substance to the form, as Daryl mentioned, with St. Felician in, in behind. I'd be hugely excited. The only thing I would say about the horse, to pour a little bit of cold water on it is, he's only a five-year-old and he has that huge frame, but he certainly hasn't filled into it yet. Now, I mean, that's very encouraging in terms of he's able to pull up these massive clock, clock efforts at that stage. But I just wonder, would he be physically strong enough for something at Cheltenham, but a horse with another season on his back, and you know, who's to say he, he won't win at Cheltenham? But he, he's certainly not one to, to 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 give up on if he doesn't. He reminds me a little bit of Alaho at that age, just a big shell of a horse. Mm. But he's gonna he's gonna turn into an absolute brute. Can uh, I get your I thoughts do... quickly, Brendan? Sorry, on the trip. Then would you think? Did you would you think that given that you said that he's a shell of a he's an experienced horse, only five turning six. Do you think they would hold off sending him up to three miles and perhaps look at the two and a half miles option if they did go to the festival? Yes, I well, I, I it depends how they look at him. If they look at him the the the, the same the same way as Alaho, I mean Alaho was running in an, in an Albert Park when he was a five year old, so what eight, eight months younger than this horse, but di didn't really see it out, and then probably didn't really see it out in the uh, was it even called the brown advisory back then but the three mile novice chase the there, rsa the the, the 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 rsa uh so they, they they might look at that i i wouldn't be shocked if they said we won't send them to cheltenham full stop uh they, they i i wouldn't be there if say gaelic warrior goes and folds up in the the Faheen chase in, in in Limerick, I'd say they might just look at this horse and say he's a he's a long term project, and we'll just we'll just give him a relatively easy season. They, 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 but 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 I mean, who knows what what's going to happen? Um, yeah, and you so, don't know how they're going to mature. Like really, a seven, yeah, uh, yeah seventeen hand horse will be seven before it's full. You know, full yeah, yeah. frame. That's that is the reality of it. But if it's no, if it matures, okay, then. Yeah, and I mean it's a, it's another four months to Cheltenham. In fairness, he he'll have all that that time to develop. So uh, who 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 knows? The past is history. The future is a mystery. Do you know who said that? <laughs> Daryl, that's another one for the book. Let's write all these down. Uh, uh, that's that's Mike Tyson, very wise man. He got hit in the head a lot, but he had some moments, and and, and that was one of them. So so who knows? And into my performance of the week, I have to give it to Stay Away Faye. 
I just love this stay away fade. Now, I know I put up three horses against him in the Brown Advisory, but if this is an anti-post tipping show, I'm not sure how much scope there is for the horse to shorten from, from five to one. So I'm, I'm not sure it's a horse you could tip anti-post, but just such a likeable sort, exactly what you want in a stay and chaser, just pops his fences with the ruthless efficiency. Uh, and I put it to you, Nat, that is there a case to be made that this is a horse who's keeping a little bit to himself? You know, he, he looked beaten, the Albert Bartlett, it was off the bridle turn and for home, just found a, found a way to win uh, in Exeter. Uh, looked look B for all money, traded a mad price in the run. Uh, got up and, and did the job. Again, Giovinco loomed up to him, travelling with the wrath of God, and, and, and he saw him off. I, I think he's a horse who he, he, he will just keep finding. Uh, the three miles in the Brown Advisory is going to be probably a minimum trip from a maybe could get, get done for a, a, a turn of foot, but just such an exciting horse with, with a view to the Gold Cup because those extra two and a half furlongs of the Gold Cup be right up the street. So uh, I'm very excited about uh, Stay Away Faith. Yeah, no, couldn't agree. Come. Couldn't agree more. Of course, keeps finding because I actually agree with Daryl. I think he could win a six-mile race. Stay away, Faye. I think stamina is in abundance. Um, well, let's move on to our anti-post selection for the festival at this stage. We know it's we, that's the whole point. We know it's still early days. We know it's months away, and um, but we'd love to get our anti-post tips in of the week. Daryl, we're going to start with you. I can just quickly go through. What we've done so far, Brendan, so you're completely up to date with us because the first week, Daryl, was um, MYLN 14 to 1 for the Ryanair, still 14 to 1. All these prices are on the Betfair Sportsbook. Kevin was Croke Park, who we mentioned earlier on, 20 to 1 for the Albert Bartlett, still 20 to 1. Week two, Daryl was on the beautiful specimen Jericho de Rappanay for Henderson, 12 to 1 for Supreme, now 8. Kevin liked that beautiful grey gentleman's game at 20 to 1 for the Gold Cup, still 20 to 1. And last week, Daryl was on Ashro uh, Diamond, 11 to 2 for the Mayor's Hurdle, still 11 to 2. Kevin decided to have no bet. So you don't have to have a bet in this if there isn't something particularly that takes your fancy. But if you do, Daryl, have you got an anti post selection for week four? Yep. Indiana dream for the Turners. I know, I know he may. I know you're saying there's a possibility he may not go, but uh, I've fallen in love with this horse, and I think the Turners is the right trip for him at this stage in his career. To be honest, wherever he goes, I'll just back him. But yeah, I think the Turners makes most sense for me. I was looking at the JP horses, thinking in the pocket's going to stay at the Arkle trip. Corbett's Cross could go either way, but. He looked like his jumping got better the further he went at Ferry House and his best work was at the end of that two-mile, five-and-a-half. And then you've got Factor File that could go up to the National Hunt Chase trip for Patrick or the Brown Advisory. So I thought this lad would slot in in the Turners, take on Gaelic Warrior and uh, win. Win everything, he will. <laughs> love it. I absolutely love the positivity. Brandon Duke, are you going to leave us with a high this week? No, I'm 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 afraid not. I I I haven't I haven't had an anti-post bet for Cheltenham, and I tried to dig something out for this week, but um, I I I couldn't. So um, I'll I'll try to come up with something for next week. This is this this is leaving on you a low, on, on a low. But I I feel like if you're not backing it yourself, you shouldn't put it up. So I, it, not at all. That's what we always say. Very if true. One, you don't have one. It's no problem. And again, this show is is fun. It's informative, but. Huge emphasis on gamble responsibly. We give you all the price in Betfirst Sportsbook. We're giving you anti-post tips where we can. But gambling responsibly is very, very important. So please take that on board. And we hope you've got a 
good old journey with us for week four. Lovely to see Daryl. So excited. Got <laughs> a dream. And Brendan, to hear your your three picks in the Brown Advisory was mind blowing. I have to watch a replay of ourselves just to get oh, yeah, it onto yeah. my brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose that's that's technically an anti-post tip, isn't it? Dutch, Dutch. Let's Dutch horses. Yeah. yeah. There you go. We have one. Well, chaps, listen, crack on the rest of your day. Great to see you both. And we'll be back again next week for more fun. Bye.